On this episode, we're going to continue the conversation, Do the Rich Make You Poor? Previously, we've talked about some universal basic income, the psychology of poverty, and how does wealth actually get created? We're here to talk about bread, lettuce, cheese, dead presidents, green. It's just money, man. It's just money. Hi, welcome to It's Just Money. You've got your doctor, Dr. Matt Anderson, PhD in psychology, your creative, Raul Contreras, filmmaker and designer, and I'm Jared Stafis, an entrepreneur with a master's in personal finance. Ultimately, this podcast is about people and their relationship with money. I wanted to ask you guys, where do you fall? Do you fall on that the individual is responsible for their poverty or is it the society that's responsible for people being poor? So my question is, and I'm sure there's a term for this, you can help me out. <laughs> a label. <laughs> Which uh, is for a lower income person getting out of poverty who has lived a lot of their life in poverty, um, feeling its type of guilt for moving on without people they know in their life. Mm. And so it kind of makes them feel guilty to like revert back into that system. This person is still responsible because they maybe even could, but then there's this crazy weird outside pressure and societal pressure that it's almost hard to leave what you know. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I, that be, goes past like just personality and personal choice that there's actually these, these outside influences or, or stereotypes that, that keep you there. And where I got this idea from was from uh, the fantastic Kendrick Lamar who has um, a couple of his albums about that exact thing because he rose to fame and how does he deal with, um, you know, moving into a new system where it's unfamiliar to him and, and how does he cope with that while he knows plenty of people who are, yeah. who are still stuck in poverty. Anybody who rises to wealth, so winning the lottery, mm-hmm. uh, professional sports players, mm-hmm. uh, actually are really known for this. This is how they become bankrupt so fast or they have so much debt. Um, but people will give away lots. Um, they'll just make lots of poor choices. They'll buy that jet and 10 houses and then lose it all because they can't yeah. sustain it. Uh, that's actually all been very well, thoroughly uh, documented. So one of the things I loved about my master's was it was actually a master's in family studies and human services with an emphasis in personal finance, which they've recently shortened to just a master's in personal finance, which I find offending mm-hmm. because that's not the degree I got. What I was so fascinated by was the human and their relationship with money mm-hmm. and concepts like that. More on the societal responsibility yes. than it is the personal. Sure. Is it that, that effect they call the tall poppy effect where, you know, when the poppy grows high and you there cut you it go off. with the name. <laughs> <laughs> is that that group, instead of celebrating the person who was successful, they pull them down by yeah. demand and expect and, and the community kind of pulls them back down. Sure. And, and I feel like part of that too is because you don't, nobody has helped you uh, learn the, the knowledge to figure out how to deal with the new circumstance you're put in. Yeah. And it's right. very, it's very much overnight. So if you ever win the lottery, give somebody else control. Like, so there's people who will just, of course, manage it for a fee. Sure. They make good money, but they do a good job managing it. It to like give immediate control to that person. It's like a advice that's given to people who win the lottery. If you like get it from financial, like unsolicited, if somebody came to me and said, what should I do? I'd say absolutely give it to control to somebody else. Sure. 
let them limit your control, but put stipulations to it, how much money you're allowed, you know, in the first year, because this is the one time you can kind of make that good decision mm-hmm. and you need a minimum of a year to adjust. You're absolutely right. It kind of ties into what we talked about, about, um, you know, wants and needs, because first thought is like, oh, I need a new car, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Need and wants get real confusing. Right. Uh, you win the lottery. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I think that was fantastic, though. And I, I do want to go back to what even what you said was, what about the person who doesn't make it? I mean, so we kind of veered off into like uber success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But your actual initial point was the person who didn't want to lose what they have. And we weren't talking about a person getting really wealthy. We were just talking about a person getting out of poverty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a very different conversation sure, that sure. many more people are capable of doing. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a more of an everyday person versus which does happen. Kendrick Lamar. It does happen quite a bit, yeah. actually. Yeah. So, and and how that works against them. And I and I know in financial advising, they found that uh, people uh, like a bucket of crabs. Uh, the crabs don't want any other crab to escape, but every crab wants out. So as they cycle, what will happen is they crawl from the bottom and they fight their way to the top. And right about the time they get free, all the other crabs pull them all the way back down to the bottom. And so it's just constantly revolving. Mm-hmm. That's and interesting. And so that's actually more aligned than the tall poppy because the tall mm-hmm. poppy is about somebody you know, shooting mm. to success. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at least it's my understanding. Yeah. Whereas this is more of a reasonable thing like what you've described. Mm-hmm. A cycle. So, um, and I don't know the answer to that. I think it's um, something people have to be aware of mm-hmm. and you, you don't want to lose what you have and you want to fit in and you want to be um, stay amongst your peers, but at the same time you might want something more. And Mm. so most people actually would choose to stay. So for the sake of dramatic effect, I'm going full societal, full societal. Okay. How about you, Jared? What's your answer? In all fairness, if there's anything I've seen more of personally, it's people who are more responsible I can give you some examples and I can make a big deal and we can talk about those few examples that society beat them down. But I actually have seen more people to blame. And then I see those people are usually the loudest to blame society, Mm. which sometimes really irks me because I definitely believe society, there's like societal issues and socioeconomic status and what it does to you and, and health is really tied to this. I'm a really big advocate that I wish more people could just be healthy because like you said earlier, stress is a killer. It's a, it's a silent killer. I mean, mm-hmm. it kills people, um, let alone ruins their lives. So, so in that sense, I'm, I'm a big advocate there. But uh, yeah, if you ask me, like, what do you see more of? Like, what, what are you personally more? I, I, people, people are just constantly responsible. They love to play the victim. And they love to blame other people for their problems. And uh I wish less people did that and be much easier to deal with society and its problems. So for me, I see both, right? That, that there is societal effects that, um, that definitely influence and create poverty mentalities and and these cycles of poverty. But to me, especially as I think as a psychologist, it's hard. If you just focus on that, then you remove the agency and the hope out of people because then they are only victims. So we can account for both the societal stuff and the personal responsibility. I like to focus on people's responsibility and how to change their own behavior and thoughts because we can only change ourselves. 
we if we try to change others or change society, that's way harder and less effective than trying to change yourself. And not to discount Kendrick Lamar, he also talks about taking responsibility as well. And that's mm-hmm. why he's worth listening to. Hey, you've got money questions. We've got money answers. It's just money live is coming up. Check out our Facebook page for details. Make sure you don't miss your opportunity to participate. All right, we'll see you then. So I find that interesting as far as the topic, because we're talking about do the rich make you poor? Mm-hmm. Uh, does somebody else have to lose or lose in order for someone else to win? I do want to try to get an answer to this question. Do the rich make the poor? Well, how does somebody get rich? Because if we know how somebody gets rich, we kind of can then infer the answer of, well, did they make somebody else poor to get there? And did somebody else have to lose for them to have won? A study that um, I liked, and a guy, he wrote a book called Rich Habits, but he studied 233 wealthy individuals. All of them had at least $160,000 in annual gross income and $3.2 million in net assets. In all of his research, he found there was four main paths to get there. There was the saver investors path, which represented about little less than 22% of the millionaires. All of them, by the time they were in their mid to late 30s, made it to a million dollar net worth. And then they, by the time they were in their mid 50s, were at $3.3 million in net worth. So that's how they got into this category. Mm. But he said these guys were predominantly known for being uh, middle class, not having high incomes. Some of them maybe reached a six-figure income, which is defined as $100,000 or more. Most of them, if they did, they did it later on, but predominantly they got there and became millionaires by being very frugal. They saved at least 20% of their income. They never lived lavish lives, and they started investing early. So they let time do the heavy lifting so they didn't have to save as much. So we can talk about the other paths. I'll just name them. The dreamer's path, Mm -hmm. and that was the person who had a vision, right? I had a vision for this company I was going to create or this thing I was going to research and develop. And, and so this is a path. They tend to have twice as twice the net worth of the saver Mm. and they get there way faster. So they they'll get there in 12 years, but it's the hardest path Mm. and much more people fail than make it company climbers path, which is way more obvious. This is the corporate ladder. And these people actually take the longest to get there. They'll, they'll 22 years just to get to 3.4 million in net worth. I think that's actually considered the second most difficult path. So the other one is the virtuoso path, which is the the expert. Mm. Uh, so the person who specializes so much in something that people will pay a high premium because they separate themselves from the pack. Mm. And there's just nobody else you can go to because they're the ones with the answers. Of course, the other main one is you're, you're born wealthy. I mean, that's the one. But those, they didn't make themselves wealthy. So I just found that fascinating and for me when i digest that information i have a hard time coming to the conclusion that the rich make the poor Um, i have a hard time believing that for me to win somebody else has to lose and the reason i have a hard time with that is in a perfect efficient market an efficient world where where all resources were accounted for and we and we had a finite amount well, in order for me to get more, I'd have to take from somebody else because everything's accounted for. Right. And never in human history has there ever been a 
perfect efficiency. Like an, like a society was perfectly balanced and everything was accounted for and everything went somewhere. So there's always been waste. As long as there's waste, there's opportunity for others to take advantage of that waste and improve their lot without taking from somebody else. Uh, now, you, I can take from somebody, right? I can go abuse somebody, take advantage of them because maybe they don't know as much or they don't know better. But as long as there's waste in our economy, there's room and opportunity for you to go out there, be more efficient than others, and thus gain more. Okay. I, is that with the uh, implication that all schools are um, treated fa- the same, where some schools are not underfunded, where knowledge can be lacking in a certain district? Or- so that would be back to our other comment, more of the psychology side of it is the socioeconomic status or where you're at or your opportunity to education. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, uh, we're definitely, I'm moving on to can you become rich? Mm-hmm in any way, shape, or form without an edge like that. Mm-hmm. So could a, a, a person from an underfunded school, low socioeconomic status, everything working against them become rich? And if that person became rich, does that mean he basically had somebody else who was more underfunded and more less advantaged? You know, and I don't think so. I think that that person can be at the bottom and make it to rich, wealthy, and I'm defining it as I'm using his classes. So he said mm-hmm. you had to have 3.2 million in that, in that worth. And I, and I believe that person can get there. I wonder if it depends on what they do in order to get rich because um, you need people to invest in you in order to get rich. I mean, if you already have an opinion about somebody because they came from a lower economic status, are they going to invest in you as much as they would somebody else who has money and who is a safer bet? I I think that absolutely you're bringing up valid points. I don't agree with the framework you've created, which is that that person can't get there without that. Yeah. Um, Which that might just be one example of it. So the framework that I, I guess, subscribe to I'm a little bit of a blend. I kind of hope someday I'm the dreamer because I think that sounds cool. I would love to be an expert Mm -hmm. and like have special knowledge Mm -hmm. that I've acquired through hard work. My main, like if I'm putting more beans in one basket, it's being a saver. I try to encourage myself to spend money and do things because my natural bent would be to do very little Mm -hmm. and get there faster because I know how much time helps. I I understand like, Hey, if I sacrifice more now, I get a way bigger payout, but at what cost? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is usually, that's my wife's voice in my head, but at what cost? (laughs) At what cost? cost? You know, (laughs) Uh, at what point are you not doing enough of life? Mm -hmm. This isn't actually worth it, you know, and not spending time with your family and stuff like that. And from that example of the saver investor, if they're saving their own income and investing that in, into different things that therefore or make money what part of that process was someone taken advantage and made poor if anything they might it's have not, been giving somebody opportunity they could right. have invested in a dreamer mm-hmm. who was also from their same neighborhood sure and so they could have invested in kendrick lamar there you go. and exactly. got his first cd and so my i guess my example is more um going to specifically to like if you started your own business and you needed you know backers to to help propel it to, to become something more in order for you to make a living and whatever the case. Yeah. 
I totally understand. I started my own company. Mm -hmm. Well, what you said really kind of brought up for me of, um, so there's this part of, yes, the rich don't necessarily make people poor because money is um, representative value and is infinite in that sense. But on the other side of that, I think we kind of free market capitalism isn't sufficient for a meaningful life. We need virtue or people are going to do things like, you know, Bernie Madoff. Yeah, exactly. Or pharmaceutical companies that just do tricks so that their patents stay longer so they can make more money versus actually bringing value to, to their industry. So there's, there's an important thing about virtue, about learning a, a sense of morality that guides the capitalist system. Otherwise it can turn into its own form of tyranny. Mutiny. I mean, that's <laughs> like if when thing, when you lose virtue, that is what actually happens, right? It's a mutiny. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, a, the system must maintain a level of virtuous cycles. So are you saying people need to be brainwashed or they will riot? I'd say that <laughs> for sure we already all are. That's a whole kind of level of brainwash. <laughs> I mean, like what depends else? on what you mean by brainwash. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like there's like the like Do we sit them in a I mean, chair and like they I just mean encouraged to TV. watch Twitch streams for 13 <laughs> hours straight. I mean, what is the definition of brainwashed? <laughs> well, that's addiction, I think, closer to the definition yes. of addiction mm. yeah, than yeah. it is brainwashing. Brainwashing mm. is very much like an outside force forcing like, you to yeah holding you in that idea. chair until you become addicted and then you're what if that, and then you and then you think it was your idea to watch it but this is where i would say what if that, you do actually what if that outside force is invisible well, and you are watching it and you're made to think that you want to watch it yeah it could be there the algorithm we have a lot of marketing your, stay woke people <laughs> stay woke <laughs> i recently had to learn that word somebody else used it and i was like I'm you old. just you just learned I that word. Totally has you might never want to come across out. me. I don't mind, <laughs> guys. I I there's like five hurricanes before I find out there's a hurricane, and I'm like, oh, there's a hurricane, and, and people realize that I'm just finding out about the first one, and they're like, you know, there's been five over the last six weeks, right? I'm like, no. How would I know what woke is? <laughs> You're, that's probably it seems funny. like a lame you'll, you'll word, know, by the uh, way. I don't even like it. Really. Straight to the point. Mr. What's label, like, let's <laughs> use like one word that means a bunch of things. <laughs> what a hypocrite. That is not true. First of all. Where, what do I got for you on now on my soundboard? <laughs> Run the trombone again? First of That's all. That's what you're saying. I represent up. humanity, which are a bunch of hypocrites, <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening or watching It's Just Money. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If so, please subscribe so you don't miss out. Also, leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, please comment below. But remember, it's just money. <laughs>